Most ads are written incredibly badly. They are very uh, loose on detail. They're very uh, sketchy in terms of what the role is actually being employed to do. Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Treeks. Today, I'd like to talk about the importance of taking a detailed brief when recruiting a new role for an organization. Now, this doesn't necessarily only include executive roles. It's really pertinent to every role in a business, whether it's a, uh, a more junior position, a senior executive role, even board roles. Having worked in the executive uh, recruitment industry for about 17 years now, in my opinion, this is something that's rarely done well. In most instances, the person who is recruiting a role, whether they are a third-party recruiter or an internal uh, human resources professional, or even when organisations, the executive leaders are recruiting themselves, they will often produce a position description uh, and a brief uh, overview of the role and the reason for it becoming available, etc. But rarely do they actually get in and really thoroughly explore what are the actual key deliverables of the role. You know, what are we requiring this person to do particularly in the first three, six, and 12 months. Uh, And making those uh, outcomes extremely quantifiable and then mapping that in a document that we call a performance profile so that it is very clearly articulated throughout the recruitment process. Um, There is a guy by the name of Lou Adler who is American and he's an engineer by background He's now regarded as one of the leading thought leaders in the executive and general recruitment space. And he wrote a fantastic book called, uh, sorry, uh, that's my book, Uncover the Hidden Job Market. He wrote a fantastic book called Hire With Your Head. And I'd certainly recommend that anybody who is involved in recruiting roles uh, reads this book. Um, I had the opportunity to meet and do some training with Lou Adler, I guess probably about 12 years ago, and I have been using his recruitment process both in my previous employer and in my own business, Arate Executive, ever since that time. Lou was an engineer and he wanted to come up with a recruitment methodology that had a far greater predictor of success, and the underpinning I suppose, uh, understanding or baseline of what he talks about is that the best predictor of future performance is past performance. So if you can find somebody who's done it before, they've done it well, and they're motivated to do it again, they're much more likely to be successful. And a position description largely contains motherhood statements Uh, about the role and some of the requirements of the role, the requirements in terms of previous experience and qualifications of the candidates that are sought for, etc. But rarely do they talk about these key deliverables. 
And the example that I'll give, uh, which I use quite regularly, is let's say there's an organisation that sells uh, particular products into a market and they're recruiting a sales manager and uh, they have a position description and it says, look, we're looking for a sales manager and they need to manage a sales team and they need to achieve the sales targets and they need to do it in a professional manner and ideally they come from this kind of background with these kind of qualifications. Uh, I suppose uh, you know that's a, a, a brief summary. Obviously the position description would include a bit more information than that. But let's uh, think about it in terms of three different organisations. And if you ask them, for example, you know, what is the immediate requirement of the role? What are the key things that need to be achieved in the first three months of employment? And let's say in example one, the organisation says, look, our previous sales manager was terrible. They were a very poor manager. Uh, they have left the team very disgruntled. We are highly concerned about the ability to retain these people. We've invested a tremendous amount of time into uh, training and developing these people, and we must retain them. And also the attitude of the prior sales manager extended to our clients. We have a lot of clients who are very unhappy and we obviously want to retain those clients for our organization. So in the first three months, what we need our new sales manager to do is to literally throw their arms around the, the team, uh, you know, show them lots of love, rebuild the culture, rebuild the vision, rebuild and uh, really develop um, the engagement of the team so that these people are retained and they go on to be highly productive salespeople for our business. And we need this sales manager to get out and meet with our customers, make sure that they're happy, uh, resolve any outstanding issues. And uh, the first three months is really about just showing the love. In another organization, again, exactly the same role, exactly the same position description, the first three months could be, we want to launch a new product into a new market. We haven't been in this market before, but we're very excited about the potential for this market. The first three months, what we want the sales manager to do is to really analyze the market, uh, to look for the low hanging fruit in terms of how we can get some immediate sales and traction. And we want them to develop a strategic sales plan to get approval from the board and then start to implement that plan. Ideally, we would like this product to be generating a minimum of, pick a number, any number, $25 million in revenue within 12 months. So the first three months is really about setting the plan up, getting it approved, and then starting to take action. In the third organization, they say, look, we're under massive threat from imports, particularly from India and China. We need our sales manager to look at how do we reduce our costs of goods sold by at least 25%, because if we can't do that, we're concerned about our ability to stay in business. So as you can see in that situation, same type of organization, same role, same position description, but extraordinarily different requirements from a performance profile. The next thing that I'd say is that all stakeholders need to be included in that discussion because it's 
very often the case that different stakeholders will have different opinions as to what the key deliverables will be. To give you an example, uh, a couple of years ago, we recruited the CEO of a very uh, well-established um, uh, membership club uh, of a great reputation um, and, uh, and certainly uh, regarded in the market as a premium uh, environment, a premium club to become a member of. They were looking for a new CEO, and in this situation, the club had a committee, a voluntary committee of eight people, and the selection committee was made up of the immediate current president, uh, who would be exiting uh, their term not long after the appointment of the CEO, the incoming president, and another member of the uh, committee. And when we asked the question, you know, what are the key deliverables, uh, what are you looking for, the uh, incumbent president who came from uh, a big four accounting background, uh, they said, we need complete, clear financial accountability. Uh, the management reports, the financial reports to date have been you know, really lacking in detail, lacking in quality. As a result, we've had very little visibility on the actual financials. We need somebody who can really uh, improve the financial accountability of the club. The incoming president, when asked the question, said, I want happy members. We have a, a membership base which is very loyal. Uh, those members have high expectations about the services they receive from the club. And above all else, we want the members to be happy. And the third person uh, who came from a legal background said, we need a change agent. We've been doing the same thing in the same way for a long time. The club needs to uh, reinvigorate itself and it needs to change substantially to meet the current expectations of the market. So obviously, if we had gone and recruited it to one of those attributes without considering the other two, the likelihood would be that the wrong person would be employed and they would fail in the role. So by having all stakeholders involved in the discussion, uh, it enabled us to put together a performance profile which was able to uh, include all three elements which formed the basis of our recruitment strategy for when we went to the market. So the performance profile, which is used in conjunction with the position description, is there to clearly articulate these key deliverables. Now we are headhunters, and when we're headhunting somebody who is currently working in a role, and uh, that involves calling them in their workplace and saying, hi Fred, hi Bill, hi Sally, hi Mary, uh, got a job, are you interested? Obviously, it's more involved than that. But one of their first questions that they're going to ask is, what am I actually being employed to do? So by being able to clearly articulate to them, these are the key deliverables required of the role, the prospective candidate is more likely to either say, wow, I love doing that, I'm really good at it, I'm definitely interested, or to say, look, based on what your expectations are, it's not really for me. Um, and in which case, as headhunters, we say to them, well, look, um, birds of a feather flock together. Who is there that you know in the market that you think it might be worth us approaching? So from a headhunting point of view, 
having this performance profile enables us to put the right bait on the hook and attract the right fish to the roll. Secondly, the performance profile allows you to write a much better advertisement for the role. Most advertisements that I read for vacancies, uh, whether that be on Seek or in LinkedIn, obviously less and less common in the newspaper, although that still happens, most ads are written incredibly badly. They are very uh, loose on detail. They're very uh, sketchy in terms of what the role is actually being employed to do. And as a result, when prospective candidates read the roles, uh, the advertisements, it's very difficult for them to get a clear awareness as to what the role is, what the deliverables are, etc., and to decide if that's something that they're genuinely interested in uh, applying for. And so as a result of that, what happens is good quality people often won't apply and you end up getting as applicants the same old candidates who are typically applying for any old job because based on the ad, they think that they can pretty much do anything in the market. And what even makes that worse, which is not a topic for this uh, podcast, but is where there are no, uh, there's no name of a recruiter, either an external third-party recruiter or the, recruiting, the person responsible for recruiting the role within the business, They don't put their name or phone number on the ad, so there's no way for quality people to make a call and to ask the right questions to assess whether they are genuinely interested, and as a result, they don't apply. So uh, if nothing else, the performance profile, understanding these quantifiable key deliverables, enables you to write a much better quality advertisement. So we've been out, we've written an ad, we've got people who have applied for the role, we've run a headhunting campaign, we've approached people, we now have people who have expressed interest in the role and they're coming into the recruitment process. The next thing that is uh, extremely important in relation to this performance profile, which is you know, Lou Adler's uh, coming back to what he's looking for is people who have they, they've done it before, they've done it well, they're motivated to do it again. When they are being interviewed, the interviewer can look for evidence of that. And the best way to do that is to ask for the interviewee to talk about key achievements in their career that they're most proud of. And what you're looking for is for uh, evidence from these key achievements that what the candidate is most proud of is actually what you or the client employer, what they're actually looking for. So if we go back to that sales manager example and we say to the interviewed sales manager candidate, tell us about an, uh, an achievement that you're most proud of in your more recent career. And they say, well, I was responsible for launching a new product into a new market and it was extraordinarily successful and we achieved you know, great market share and great revenue from that product. Then if we come back to my three examples earlier, they of course would be very appropriate for the role, the organization that needed a sales manager to do that. However, if the role is looking for a sales manager to reduce costs of goods sold in order to remain competitive, whilst the candidate could still be a great sales manager, um, they are not the right sales manager for that vacancy. 
because the vacancy requires the three month and ongoing key deliverables to be very different to what the sales manager uh, is proud of in terms of their achievements. So it's a very easy way to be able to look at talent and ensure that whilst that talent is excited about the opportunity, they can actually do it and they've done it and they did it well, etc. Unfortunately, interviewers get excited about particular candidates, uh, their background, their CV, um, without really drilling down into whether there is a match between achievement and expectation. And then when those people step into the role and don't perform, the employer is left wondering why. Why weren't they successful in doing my job? They've been successful before. I don't understand where our recruitment process went wrong. The final point that I'd like to talk to you about this is that once a person is employed, because there has been absolute clarity through the recruitment process, it's been clearly articulated to them what the key deliverables are, then that document, the performance profile, becomes a very useful performance management tool. Because at the relevant milestones, whether that's one month, three months, six months, etc., it's very easy for their manager to be able to say, we employed you to achieve this. Have you achieved that? Yes, fantastic, great job, let's uh, move on. Or if they're not performing, they're not achieving the outcomes that have been articulated through the performance profile, the conversation becomes a very easy one to have in terms of you're not achieving what we employed you to do, how do we fix it, or how do we exit you and go back to the market and find somebody who is actually the right person for the job. So I hope you can see from this conversation that detailing out a brief at the absolute commencement of a hiring process is a critical thing to do and documenting that in a performance profile outlining in very quantifiable points the key deliverables over three, six, 12 months and beyond um, is a vital part of having a successful recruitment process. Arata Executive have been using this methodology for nine and a half years and in nine and a half years we've only ever had to replace two people within their 12 months of employment. We offer a 12 month replacement guarantee. Uh, if the candidate leaves within 12 months for any reason, we replace for free. And having placed literally hundreds of people in that time, to only have two people who have not lasted 12 months is a really fantastic outcome. And I put that down in the main to the fact that by using this performance-based methodology and doing these performance profiles and recruiting to the performance profile, the likelihood of success in the role is much, much higher. So if we can assist you in terms of your recruitment, I'd love the opportunity to have a chat to you about that. Um, however, what I would definitely recommend that you do, even if you're a line manager, a hiring uh, professional, um, or a generalist HR practitioner is to look at Lou Adler, to read his book, Hire With Your Head, and I'm sure that by implementing these strategies, your recruitment process will be a lot easier and be a lot more successful. Thanks very much for listening.
We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Arate Podcast with Richard Treeks. For show notes and other resources, please visit aratepodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes so you can continue your own journey towards realizing your full potential as a senior executive. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Arate Podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.